This is Alive with Joseph. Amen. I'm going to try to teach and not to run off. I'll do my best not to run off uh, to teach this because I feel that it's something that I need to teach so that you can be able to grasp as much as you can, you know, out of it and be able to use it in your daily life as you go to your workplaces and go to your business places. Let's begin from the book of Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Let's begin to read from verse 19 to 24. I read 19 to 30. Daniel 3 from 19 to 30. I read, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire kindled or killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down into the midst of the burning fury furnace. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Verse 25 to 13, I'll say, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, the administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power, the hair of their head, was not signed, nor were the garments affected, and their head and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted, then the king promoted, I repeat, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province. The Lord bless his word. Amen. Glory to God. This morning I'm going to start a three-part series that is geared towards helping you to live your best life in business and in your career. And I'm trusting God for his grace to come upon every one of us as we gain victory over the things that have confronted us as the priests and the prophets of God in the marketplace. You may have heard me during the seven days of change say something about the Cyrus company. Now let's see what does it mean, the Cyrus company. Now, the name Cyrus was a hidden king raised by God to carry out definite assignment in the life of the nation of Israel. Isaiah 44 verse 28 says, That saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. God called him shepherd. 
and also Isaiah 45 from verse 1 to 3. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, God called him his anointed, to Cyrus whose right hand have holding, to subdue nations before him, and I will lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two leaf gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked path straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which called thee by name, am the God of Israel. Now, we have used this scripture so much as believers. In context, God was speaking concerning Cyrus. He was talking about Cyrus, that after he had anointed Cyrus, these are the things that he would do with Cyrus. So he was called in righteousness. The king Cyrus was called in righteousness, not because he was righteous, but because he will carry out God's righteous plan of redemption in the marketplace. Take note of that. He was going to carry out God's righteous plan of redemption in the marketplace. So the Cyrus company is a prophetic company. It is a company that will function prophetically in the anointing of Cyrus and with the servant leadership heart of David. They will function prophetically in the anointing of Cyrus. When you look at Isaiah 45, it speaks a lot about Cyrus. Now, it talks about how God will subdue nations, how God will hold our hands, God will lose the loins of kings, God will open before us two leaf gates, the gates will not be closed before you in the marketplace. He will break in pieces the gates of brass caught in sunder the bars of iron. He will give treasures of darkness, treasures of darkness, treasures of darkness. Now this is what will happen to the prophetic Cyrus company. They will arise with this level of anointing. They will also have the lead the servant leadership heart of David. They will have a servant leadership heart of David, but with the anointing of this king that God spoke about to us in Isaiah 45. So as a Cyrus company, one thing you must understand is that your place of employment may actually be your place of deployment. That your place of employment may actually be where God had deployed you to. That that business place may actually be where God has deployed you to. That placement where you are in the marketplace, in that office, is not without a purpose. Understand that. Never forget that. Now, listen to this, friends. How long you have been there and how long you may be there doesn't cancel out the intentions of God for you to make an impact in your place of deployment. Where you are is your place of deployment. And how long you stay there or how brief you stay there, it does not cancel out your assignment in that place of deployment. And also do not forget that you are a soldier in the end time army of God. And God has intentionally stationed you there strategically and deliberately for a reason that you may not yet have a revelation of, but the truth is you are a strategic deployee of heaven. You have been deliberately, intentionally positioned there by God for a mission and for an assignment. If you believe you're a deployee of heaven, give Jesus praise this morning. I say give Jesus praise this morning. Now I've come to understand that because humanity doesn't often understand the reason for a thing, 
it doesn't cancel the reason for what God, the reason for the, the reason for what God has created. It doesn't cancel out the reason. Also understand that as a Cyrus company, it doesn't mean that your job is your purpose. What it simply means is that there is a purpose on your job. Your job might not be your purpose, but there is a purpose for your job. That is to say, friends, your job might not be your purpose, but your, your job is an assignment by heaven to discharge heaven's duties in that territory where you have been deployed. So when we all gather here like this on a Sunday morning, we have gathered as the church. And when we all go back to the marketplace, we have scattered also as the church. Why? Because everyone now returns back to their place of deployment to go carry out an assignment. We all return back to go carry out an assignment. Every one of us. We return back. We return back to go carry a business, kingdom business. Listen, friends, kingdom business comes to light on Monday when we all return back to our places of deployment. Kingdom business comes to light. So when you come here on a Sunday morning, do you know the reason why you're here on a Sunday morning? Is for you to get refueled, for you to be refilled, for you to be refocused, for you to be bandaged up, for you to get new instructions and directions to be able to deal with the dynamics that you have to face at your place of deployment on Monday morning. When you come here, it's so that you can be bandaged up. Because some of you, by the things and the battles you have experienced during the course of the week, all kinds of things has happened to you. So when you return here on a Sunday morning, you are returning to refuel. You are returning to be refilled. You are returning to be refocused. Are you understanding me? So that when you return back to your place of deployment, you are refreshed, you are renewed, you are revigorated. You now have new zeal to carry out God's assignment for that territory where he has placed you. Understand also, friends, that your job, your business might not be your purpose, but there is purpose in your job. There is purpose in your business. God is working through your work to bring to pass his purpose for humanity. Never forget that. God is working through your work, working through your business. No matter what you do, God is working through it to be able to bring to pass his purpose for humanity. His purpose for humanity. That is why your job is not designed to put food on your table. Your job is designed to carry out God's mission in that territory then along the line you earn money so you are earning money carrying out god's mission on the planet earth amen that is why your job is not your source god is your source come and say god is my source come and say god is my source give jesus praise hallelujah <laughs> glory to god so most of our work can be used as god's work so understand that god is at work through your work as a believer. God is at work through your business as a believer. God doesn't just work through people on Sundays. He works through, he works through people on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. He doesn't just work through people on Sundays. God works through doctors. He works through teachers. He works through personal trainers. He works through lawyers. He works through police officers. He works through beauticians. He works through carpenters. He works through electricians. 
He works through petrol attendants. He works through everybody. Once you are a believer, your work is God's work. You are in the public sector. You are in the private sector. Once you are a believer, your work has a purpose in the global agenda of God in bringing to pass his assignment and his mind towards humanity. Never forget that. Never forget that. So the next time you go to a salon and that woman makes your hair so well, look at her and say, my God, God has just used you right now. Your hands is so anointed. The next time that sister gives you a face beat, just look at her and say, you have done the Lord's work on my face. <laughs> and the lady say, amen. Because that anointed hand, oh my God, listen friends, makeup artists are anointed. Have you seen the face? They, they take a face. <laughs> I never knew this was coming. They take a face and listen, it takes an anointing to do this. Even me, my preaching can't do this. It takes an anointing. So the next time you get that face beat, look at that sister and say, Oh girl, God has used your anointed hands. To do something anointing in my life. Give Jesus praise this morning. Go ahead and give him praise this morning. Because by the time he finishes with, she finishes with your face, you come out like a queen out of the Vogue, out of a Vogue magazine. Listen, understand that God works through people's work. God works through people's work. You get to the petrol, the gas station, and the petrol attendant helps you. That is God working through that work to be a blessing to you. And when we begin to understand that our places of work is our places of deployment, we will be able to pay more attention and give our maximum in that place to be able to bring to pass the mind of God concerning humanity. Amen. So God always uses your work as a believer to do his work. Never forget that. How many of you have ever had toothache before? Have you ever had toothache before? Am I the only one? Okay. You've never had, if you have never had toothache before, raise your hands. You have never had toothache in your life. Raise your hand. You have never had toothache. Do you have teeth? <laughs> if you have teeth, you will have toothache. That's it. That's not true. As long as if you have teeth, you will have toothache. You can't tell it's not it's not possible. You as long as you have it's like stomach ache. As long as you have stomach, you will have a stomach ache. It's not possible. Now, for those of us who have a toothache, have you ever you know you pray all prayer, but when you enter into the dentist's place and they just touch, I don't know what they touch, all of a sudden all of the pain disappears. That is God working through that dentist to deliver you from the pain. You've been suffering the whole weekend or the whole week or the whole day. Now, understand that God works through our work. God works through our work. You go to a place, they are able to serve you. The waiter serves you. That is God working through that waiter. The chef that cooks in that restaurant, that is God working through that chef. Are you understanding me now? The, the, the man at the car park that helps you to park your car properly, that is God working through that work. Let's give Jesus praise, please. So God works through our work. Never forget that. That God is at work through your work. 
And listen, friends, when you understand that, you place maximum value on your work. Not because your job or your business is your purpose, but simply because there is a purpose in your work. There is a purpose in your business. And as a Cyrus company, you must understand, if the job is not your mission, it may actually be your mission field. If the job is not your mission, it may actually be your mission field. Understand, no matter how long or how brief you have stayed at that workplace, God has allowed you there so that your path can cross with certain individuals so that he can use your life to make deposits into their lives. He wants to use their, your life to make deposits into their life. Because friends, heaven's agenda has to be carried out by humanity. And everywhere we find ourselves is God carrying out his agenda for humanity. And very often, I've come to discover, when you make an impact or when you impact someone's life, you don't always see the outcome of your impact in their lives. And that is what makes us feel that we have not done anything in the person's life. But you must understand that your assignment might actually be twofold. Your assignment might be to plant in their life or to water a seed that someone else has already planted. Remember brother Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. He said, God gave increase. So your assignment in the life of a person in that marketplace might actually be to plant a seed or to water a seed. And one thing is guaranteed there will always be an increase the time of the increase we do not determine it is the almighty god that determines that is why our job in that place is to plant or to water that is our job hallelujah the contributions you make into people's life is equivalent to planting a seed you don't always see the outcome of your contributions because sometimes the outcome of the contribution you have made in their life might actually begin to manifest in another season of their life and you are not there in that season of their life. But the truth is, is a contribution you have made in their lives that they are now reaping a harvest of. So understand also that God is using you to plant or to water seeds that you may never get to see or have the opportunity to see the increase of the seed you have planted or the inst- or the seed you have watered. And some of you right now say, but pastor, you know, I don't understand. Uh, the people I work with, you don't know them. <laughs> you don't know the people I work with. They don't look like they are changing. <laughs> Nothing looks like it's happening in their life. So pastor, I want to differ with you on this. It's fine, I agree with you. But again, could it be that God is not using you to change them, but that God is using people at your workplace to change you? Could you also be using them to change you? That he's not using you to change them, but he's using them to change you. Could it be that God is using people at your workplace to teach you to be more patient? To teach you temperament, to teach you how not to retaliate, to teach you how to tame your tongue, to teach you self-control. So the point is, friends, even if you do not know the reason why you are there, there is definitely a reason why you are in that marketplace. There is a reason. God does not do anything without a reason. 
There is a purpose. There is a reason. There is an agenda of God why he has kept you in that territory so that you can affect the place. The problem is very often because we lack revelation of why we are in a place, we do not place value on our deployment. And we mortgage our deployment. So could it be God is using them to teach you certain things? Understand also that you are at that workplace in the realms of the spirit, not in the title of what you do, but as a minister of the gospel. You are there as a minister of the gospel. And because your placement is purposeful, that is why Satan is fighting to make sure that you do not carry out the purpose of your placement in that territory. There is a purpose for your placement. Declare, say, there is a purpose for my placement. Please, everyone declare, there is a purpose for my placement. There is a purpose for your placement. There is a purpose for your placement. Do you believe that? Give Jesus praise if you believe that this morning. Please, let's give him proper praise if you believe that. There is a purpose for your placement. You're not there by mistake. You might think you're there by mistake, but you're not there by mistake. God placed you there. Why? Because for we know all things work together for good. To them that love God and they are decalled according to what? According to his purpose, not your purpose. So you're there on a mission. You might have not known that you're done a mission. You might have thought that you're there just to receive salary. No, child of God. What God has for you is beyond salary. It's beyond profits. He has his mission in mind. He has eternal agenda in mind. That is why he knows you are the right person for the job. That is why he took you and placed you there. And next time heaven looks, they say, we have a man on ground. We have a man on ground. So when things are going wrong in that territory, heaven is asking, don't we have a man on ground? They say, we have a man on ground. What are they doing to correct the error going on in that territory? Please give Jesus praise this morning. So you are heaven's man. For feminist reasons, those who are feminists. For you are heaven's woman in that territory. <laughs> okay. So let's look at this logically. Let's look at this from a logical point of view. If statistically you are going to be spending most of your life at your job, it will make logical sense. Now that is where God wants to use you the most. Statistically, an average working hour in South Africa or globally, it's eight hours a day. So let's say you're working five days in a week, Monday to Friday. Five multiplied by eight gives us 40, isn't it? So that means statistically you're working 40 hours a week. 40 hours a week. Now, the church, the average church service at a live church is one hour 30 minutes. So let's assume you are the type who attends midweek service. For those who don't attend midweek service, so your own is in a week, 
you have been in church for only one hour, 30 minutes. Now, for those who attend midweek service, in a week, you have been in church for one hour, 30 minutes, multiplied by two, three hours. So, you have spent only three hours in the church in the whole week. Seven days. While actually your work is even five. In the whole week, you spent three hours at church. Now, how come many believers feel that the place they spend the most time, that is where God wants to use them the least? And the place they spend the least time, that is where God wants to use them the most. Where did we get that from? The place we spend the least time, for some reason, from, for some religious born-again reason, we feel that that is where God wants to use us the most. And yet the place we spend the most time, we feel that that's where God wants to use us the least. It doesn't make sense, does it? No businessman would, 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 would do business like that. And we know our Heavenly Father is a businessman. So that means he wants to use you the most, the place where you spend the most time, and use you the least, the place where you spend the least time. So listen, God doesn't want to use you in the church. Mm. I repeat, God doesn't want to use you in the church. That doesn't sound like what you've heard all your life. God doesn't want to, I repeat again, God does not want to use you in the church. Because that is the least, the place you spend the least time. He wants to use you in the marketplace, in your place of deployment, where you spend your most time. Give Jesus praise, please. So when you come here, it's to refuel. The gas station is not a destination. It's a refueling station. You arrive there, you refuel, you move on. So when you come on a Sunday morning, we refuel you, we send you out, you return back to your place of deployment to do the Lord's work. Give Jesus praise, please. Hallelujah. Boldly declare, I am a deployee of heaven. Hey! God wants your mind to be reframed in that way. So you can start seeing work differently. He wants you to stop seeing work as a means through which you survive. God wants you to see your work as something he would like to use to impact the life of others around you. And one thing you should realize is the enemy knows that your workplace or your business place is a place of assignment. The enemy knows that you are a, deploy, you are a deployee of heaven. The enemy knows that your place of work is your deployment center. That is why he does everything to want to limit the impact of your influence in that environment. And one way the enemy limits the impact of the believers at their workplaces is by causing the believer to go through work agony. What is work agony? Work agony are all of the inconveniences, the attacks, the pain, the distress, the trouble, all forms of tension that Satan sets up in your workplace. Do you know the reason? That those things are for two things. To distract you, number one, and to switch you off from your assignments. The distraction. 
The enemy knows you are in your deployment center. So he wants you not to carry out mission. He wants the mission to be aborted. And the only way he can abort it is to switch you off or to distract you. And many believers are too distracted in their places of deployment. Hallelujah. So work agony can happen also to a believer in different ways and dimensions. It can happen through attacks on your character in that office, gang ups against you in that office, unholy alliances against you in that office, conspiracy, lies against you, people deliberately sabotaging all your efforts, jealous co-workers, bitter colleagues, wicked boss, or dishonest or disloyal subordinates or dishonest or disloyal employees and i know most of you are saying but pastor i just want to go to work and come back i don't want all of this drama well the unfortunate thing about it is when you arrived at your workplace as a believer you arrived as a minister of the gospel in the realms of the spirit you arrived with the bull's eye on you when you got there, you arrive with the booze. You know, you know. Have you seen? You arrive marked with X when you arrived. Actually, some of your colleagues who are demonic, they know who you are because in the realms of the spirit, they saw you. You might not know who they are, but they know who you are. You arrived in that business industry where you are. Those who have been in that industry who don't know Jesus, they know who you are. They know the owner of that business in the realms of the spirits. They know a born again child of God owns this place because in their fraternity, they can't find you there. Are you understanding me this morning? You are carrying the kingdom to that place. So understand that everyone also deals with contentious seasons and situations at the workplace. Everyone, including non-believers. But the nature of the attacks that comes to a believer is always different from the one that goes to a non-believer. And the reason is simply because the enemy wants to use those attacks to erode your mission at the workplace or at the marketplace. The workplace is a place of warfare. The devil wants you to be so consumed with the agony, the pain you are experiencing at the marketplace so that you do not focus on the purpose of God for which he has deployed you there. And the enemy wants you to also be consumed with the dysfunction that is happening in that environment to the point where you are no longer focused on your function in that environment. He wants you to be so consumed with the dysfunction there. And many believers are so consumed with the voices of the dysfunction at their, at their workplaces, at their business places, to the point where they are no longer sensitive to the voice of God at the workplace. They are no longer sensitive. They are no longer hearing anything. And this is the truth, friends. Listen to this, friends. Please listen to this very carefully. When you allow the voice of dysfunction at your workplace to drown out the voice of God in your life, people will be able to run you out of that place when God has not released you from the place. 
people will be able, listen, I repeat, when you allow the voice of dysfunction to drown out the voice of God in your workplace, do you know what will happen? People will be able to run you out of that place when God has not released you from the place. That's why you see someone wakes up and they just resign from the place. They say, no, the battles are too much. They walk away from the place. Someone wakes up. They just close the business and say, you know, I can't manage this business. No, no, no. What you have allowed is the voice of dysfunction in that business environment where you are. It has drowned out the voice of God and they have run you out of the place. And it's not God releasing you from the place. Don't run from your place of deployment when God has not released you. If you do, the next place will be worse than the first. Because any exam you don't pass, you can't move to the next class. Quit running. Stay there. Give Jesus praise. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngocha. Till next time, God bless.